I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to The Napoleon Assist. It's day three of the Waterloo Remembered Saga and the second in our triple bill of interviews on the forgotten foreign forces which had a role to play in the Waterloo campaign. Today we're discussing something that seems like a bit of a curveball because we're looking at the role of Spain in the War of the Seventh Coalition which was the conflict that decided the outcome of the Waterloo campaign and I'm joined by the Spanish historian Professor Alithia Laspera from the University of Oviedo. Alithia, how have you been? I'm quite fine. With um, with the coronavirus uh, lockdown, I have lots of time to work and think. <laughs> and you'd probably rather be doing neither. Well, well, I'm doing more than I, I should, in fact, because I'm very, very busy. As I, I think everybody is with this new situation anyway. Tell us a bit about your own research. Well, um, although I am in, in my training is the training of a philologist because I my studies were English philology, right, and literature and all that. I derived my research, part of my, my most of my research, not everything, uh, to analyzing nineteenth uh, century um, historical and literary relationships between Britain and Spain. So I studied Britain as in, in what concerns Spain. I was lucky to have Sir Raymond Carr as the president of the board who judged my thesis uh, in 1990. <laughs> Surely not. Long, long ago. But he was ever since a very important influence and also a beloved friend. And he guided me somehow during his, the rest of his life. So I felt I, I have been lucky to be accepted by historians, right? In both in Spain and in Britain, and so. But yes, I, I do combinations, you know, because I work on the history, but also 
on the way, for instance, British poets reflect Spanish history. So it's a combination, right? And uh, very uh, my latest thing published was together with Bernard Beatty, who specialized mostly in Byron, we we edited a collective volume on British views on Spain from 1814 to 1823. And together with my husband, who is a colleague as well, we have been, we met in the university as students. So we've been working together for more than 40 years now. We have co-edited a book on pro-Spanish poetry of the Peninsula War in 2013. And just this very week, my five collective volume of work has come out high volume, sorry, five volume collective work has come out uh, published by Salamanca University. So, and this is the, 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 the main researcher is, is Agustin Coletes, my husband. So that we had people working on poems on the liberal triennium in France, Germany, Portugal, Italy, and Britain. And we were in charge of the British volume. And this volume is just hot on the press. I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but it is already uh, printed. So this is a, a project, a national project we had. So as you can see, we combine history and literary response to history in many ways. This is really... yeah. uh, Wellington. Uh, my, my last work will be Wellington and Spain. The, the last, I mean, my last work, but I'm devoting already all my time to that because it needs it needs revision, right? The perspective. Those who are familiar with the Waterloo campaign will know that there weren't any Spanish units at Waterloo, but there were plans for Spain to play a significant role in the preparations that were made for the War of the Seventh Coalition, that final struggle against Napoleon in 1815, with talk of mobilising two Spanish armies and sending them into southern France. In the end, how significant was Spain's decision to side with the coalition allies? I think, unfortunately, in my opinion, uh, as for Spain's role, I honestly think it was next to nothing. We have to be realistic, okay? And uh, you're very kind, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't really match the, what I know, okay? The worst thing is that uh, Sp Spain had no choice. Spain could not support Napoleon, <laughs> naturally, so the, the, she had no choice. And uh, it makes me sad to think of the way all the allies were so happy to see Spain fall down, smashed, ruined, and devastated in the hands of an absolute anachronistic, ignorant king. The older threat of the American Spanish provinces, well, it was a matter of time, right? But uh, Spain was not for forbidden. I mean, nobody wanted to. Uh, allow Spain to continue with the remains of the old empire and all that. And um, for us to lose credit in the eyes of a new Europe was humiliating. If we compare this with the way La Grande France was recovered, okay, in the hands of a luckier, though not more acceptable branch of the Bourbons, right? So Spain paid for everything, and I'm not being you know, uh, exaggerate. I'm not exaggerating. I'm, I think Europe just didn't want Spain to to recover any of its force, but it was not fair because, of course, Britain provided lots of money, lots of lives, but Spain 
Spain took 10 years to overcome the, the economic crisis, 10 years economic crisis. So I don't think Spain had a role and they didn't want her to have it. And maybe it did, she didn't deserve it in a way. Spain as, as, a, as a country, right? Not the people. So was neutrality an option for Spain? Obviously, politically, supporting Napoleon was not an option in the wake of the Peninsular War, since Spain had been invaded in 1808 by Napoleon. Spain had no option, because uh, the, the, the Europe was there, and Europe was more interested in, in eliminating all traces of the French Revolution and of, uh, of, of, uh, of Napoleon's empire, that they did anything to even promote the Bourbons again, right? And then you, you only have to see the, 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 the paintings and the, the, the images of those Bourbons, quite, quite as stupid as ours, okay? But in fact, um, I think the, the Europeans preferred to recover France, even at the cost of eliminating, smashing Spain. Spain didn't, didn't count in, in at all, okay? so. The preference was towards France, and the, the European powers agreed on that. And Spain was not strong. And also, as I say, he, the, the, the Spanish monarch was, was, did not inspire any respect. So we were doomed <laughs> to, to the darkness. And the Spanish army wasn't rated particularly highly for a lot of the Napoleonic Wars. But by this point was definitely a much more effective force than it had been in the early part of the Peninsular War, wasn't it? Well, you know, up to Trafalgar, we must remember that the Spanish Peninsula, the Peninsular War began in 18, 1808. Three years earlier was Trafalgar. People mm -hmm. think, I mean, seem to forget that it was only three years distance, right? So three years earlier, the British had smashed the, the Spanish Navy on the and for the benefit of France, in fact, because Spain was supporting France, right? So up to Trafalgar, the best Spanish army units were in the Spanish-American provinces, mostly. Our Navy was then quite strong before, before Trafalgar, but after Trafalgar, most efficient Navy officers and soldiers had to move to the army, but they were not prepared for the army. I don't think Spain had a very good army, particularly in, in the peninsula. Maybe in the in the Spanish provinces, the American provinces, yes, but not in Spain. And those people like Alava himself had to adapt to a new a new way, a new profession. Uh, the, the Marquis La Romana was the same case and many others. They became generals in the army, but they were not so uh, efficient, naturally. Not, I'm not trying to justify the, 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 the wrong way Spain worked, you know, but it is true that this is a situation which is quite unusual, right? The most, but the best officers were in the Navy, then they have to join the army, and then there was this kind of misplace. I, I, I think it, it was doomed to fail. Well, I don't know. Uh, Mm. Uh, also, we had units supporting Napoleon in Denmark and all that. So La Romana had to come back to Spain and with that British help. So the, the, the army, in fact, was just next to nothing. There are um, 
the best the best units were those commanded by generals Altona and Freire, the ones, the only ones that Wellington took it to France. That yeah. was for some reason, apart from Belchardo. So that, those were the only ones uh, who crossed the Vidasoa River into France. And this tells you the units that Spain could count on, you know, because the, 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 the initial uh, victory in, in Bailen was a dream, right? It was, yeah. it was, yeah. it was, it meant nothing, only the defeat of Dupont, the terrible disgrace of Dupont, but the, the, the invasion went on, it meant all next to nothing. So our armies could not be trusted and Wellington was right at that. And it says a lot about the quality of the units that you mentioned, particularly those under Frere that Wellington took them into France in 1813-14, but then left other parts of the Spanish army behind, particularly because of concerns over their quality, but also in terms of discipline. Yes, he was afraid, this is in the, in the Wellington papers, so you can see that he was afraid that the, the soldiers would, would charge on the people, on, on, on the civilians, because they were they wanted revenge and all that. So mm. he even writes about this and says, no, I cannot allow many, because they will, they will try to you know, uh, to can make vengeance against the the, the people, and, and uh, they wanted France to to raise. Okay, they they were more more interested. In, of course, it was natural because the people do, um, are not guilty of anything, and we know that the population, mm, young people, young boys, did not want to join the Napoleon's army. The French boys, French young people, so. Uh, so I understand uh, Wellington was okay, and also he didn't need them. He had enough, he had enough, enough support with his own army and all that. So I understand, we all understand that those best units were the ones, and then they were the ones which remained there until 1814 in the, in the frontier, controlling and all that. This is this is not nothing, well, it's not a secret. I, Someone you mentioned earlier was the one Spaniard who was at Waterloo, Miguel Alava, a future Prime Minister of Spain, who was a close friend of Wellington and had been his liaison with the Spanish government during the Peninsula War. Why was Alava at Waterloo? Um, okay. Well, first of all, there were two more officers. Spanish officers of Waterloo, right? Nicolas de Minusir and also Jose Zayas, but they were just by, by chance. I mean, they were joined, they had joined uh, British uh, forces, uh, but they were an anecdote. And uh, Alava, who was a firm liberal and uh, who had been imprisoned by the king, Spanish king in 1814, right? Um, arose protests from the part of Wellington. Wellington became a very good friend of Alava all his life. And uh, it was at the beginning when Wellington was in Portugal, Alava was sent there to, to join his staff. And since that moment, Alava proved to be very skillful at solving connection problems with other Spanish officers. He was a very good uh, diplomatic in, in many ways. And so Wellington really showed that he liked him all his life. Was, and this is what I use very often to, to, 
to, to contradict people who accuse in Spain, many historians accuse him of being pro-absolutist, Wellington being pro-absolutist, and I can't, it can't, it doesn't fit, because if he were so, he would not be such a good friend of a liberal, an extreme radical liberal. That is what Alaba was. So Alaba for me is a good tool, right, to, <laughs> to put things in their right place. Uh, Alaba, I think uh, Wellington showed it. He even wrote to him in Spanish as late as I think it was eight, nine, 1839 or something, writing in Spanish to him. Well, they normally corresponded in French, okay, but he even tried to use the Spanish just as a, as a, as a sign of, you know, delicate, as a, different, uh, the, the delicate thing. But they are so different. So to these two characters, and then I'm sure that Wellington was very happy to invite uh, Alaba to join. Well, when um, Ferdinand VII went, came, came back to Spain, he put Alaba into prison, right, because he was a liberal. But then Wellington and his brother protested so much that the king had to free them, to free him, and so he was sent to Paris. But he was being on the, his way to to Holland because he was going to be um, um, ambassador there. But on his way, he stopped to, to meet Wellington in Paris. And very soon, well, uh, Waterloo, I mean, the, 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 the Napoleons escaped from, uh, from Elba, etc., etc. So it was a coincidence. But then Wellington invited him to join his uh, staff. This is why he was there, not to fight, probably not, well, although he did and was in the middle of, the, of everything, and he, he wrote a very important letter, but uh, I will not mention it because uh, someone else will do, but he, he, he wrote a report uh, about, about all this, and uh, it's quite, quite really interesting, you will see. I don't know, uh, Wellington offered uh, Lord Jeans offered uh, all kinds of help all his life to Alaba. Funny, Alaba was two years younger than Wellington only. So the two men had very different mindsets, but as you say, there was a real bond between the two of them. It is thanks to Wellington's attitudes to valuable people, I think. Even when the when when the revolution in twenty in eighteen twenty broke up, they had discussions, and Alava would tell him, "You already had your glorious revolution. Let us have ours." So they did not agree, but they respected each other, and Alava felt, you know, felt at easy to to confront his friend uh, politically. But I'm sure that Wellington was. I mean, I always thought that. A Tory, even if it, you were a Tory or you were a Tory, you would never be a Metternich. I mean, uh, a Tory will always be more, less, less to use um, an anachronic word, anachronic word, um, not more, more liberal, more demo, Democrat, more of a Democrat. I mean, after the, the revolution, the 1688, I think things already changed in Britain, and this change took longer in other countries, and this is probably the explanation. But uh, of course, Wellington never, never, never was was never angry with Alava's ways, and he didn't like the constitution. And 
Alaba was called the constitutional among Wellington's friends. Oh, the constitutional came here, Mrs. Bernard would say. So, you know, it's just funny. It's a very contradictory, but just proves Wellington's ability to, to, to admire and to, to value people, whatever they are feelings and political issues, you know. It's quite, quite funny. It's a very, very strange thing, isn't it? Yeah, if there's one thing that characterises Wellington, it was his begrudging respect for people who are capable of doing a good job. You've touched on this a little bit already, but how active a role did Spain play in the discussions at the Congress of Vienna? Oh, that was next to nothing. The Marquis, the representative, Marquis de Labrador, um, his main object was to make France pay for the damage caused, which is normal after a war. Those who lose the war have to pay for, and this is the usual thing, right? Because that war had destroyed Spanish economy and society and the industry and, and population rates. And the disappointing result showed that Spain was no longer considered a strong power. And uh, this Labrador was not active at all. He could not compete, giving parties of, because you know, more was solved in the ball during the balls and parties and all that and, it, and at the table than in the meetings okay so he was not really good enough but even if he had been very good this is just you know uh, um, with trying to predict what would have happened yeah which counterfactual is, sure. which i don't agree with but anyway yeah that the, 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 the situation showed facts show that he was not able to to solve to get anything for for spain and spain was no longer mm, valued and this person was in my opinion quite unprepared for that responsibility giving the blaming only one person is that enough i don't know but a, a more skillful person would have probably got a bit more but because spain was completely abandoned right the congress of Vienna meant that the, the Napoleon's plunder was distributed in the continent, but, but that the winning countries, but Spain got nothing and lost everything and lost everything because well, I, I won't insist on that. Okay, so um, nothing. Spain was really um, there was there was uh, probably the feeling that Spain deserved it because she still kept. Uh, the Spanish provinces in America and that the people would not admit that. Uh, everything is just not just the feeble, the, 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 the bad qualities of the representative, okay? The, the powers did not pay attention to Spain in terms of, and because we have that kin, in some way they, I think, psychological at least justified what we were doing. But Spanish people have fought had died a lot of them and for that king who was who was just rubbish okay and you mentioned about the spanish provinces is it the case that spain's control over its colonies was shaken by the war against napoleon well the what you call the spanish colonies we call the spanish provinces but anyway that's a question of language no problem but um in the Spanish uh, provinces, uh, there were risings all the time. There were heroes who were descendants of Spanish people, not the, na the net naturals there, okay? 
uh, all of them, all of them came from Spain, their ancestors, our grandfather, father. So there were Spanish people who joined there and then didn't want to work for the king because they had to send the game, you know, in lots of money and lots of goods every year. And there was a, a very strict control of all of that. So they hated the, the metropole. I mean, the, 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 the hated Spain, you know, because they, they just, but it was not um, uh, um, an attitude of the natives. We must remember that. It was the Spanish themselves, I mean, and, this, and their descendants who just wanted independence to be stronger. And so this was reinforced. Canning, for instance, was very interested in Argentina and he's praised in Argentina, but at the same time that he was helping Spain, he was sending troops to, against Buenos Aires. So it was just a, a situation that, you know, and, and Spain in that sense had everything against, against a bad king. And the politicians, Spanish politicians who were a bit more clever, uh, were just because there were representatives of the Spanish provinces in Las Cortes de Cádiz, for instance, right? And they were Spanish patriots, and they wanted to keep the connection with Spain because they knew that otherwise others would come. They would not be free uh, as, as, he, as he was all the time, you know, but more in a more subtle way, naturally. Anyway, I don't know, but uh, that uh, no empire lasts so long as the one Spain built long ago, long before, you know, so it was time for change and this is has always happened and will always happen. It's not natural. The problem is that Spain was really the object of kind of vengeance or smash. I mean, was was really left ruined, absolutely ruined. And France should have paid. I mean, even if it were the Bourbons, it's, it's the same. I, mean, they, I, I don't mind. I mean, they, when you lose the war, you have to pay for that. And all, all countries did. But normally, but Spain got nothing, just win. So I'm not playing now with the, the, the weak role that, oh, we are so, um, so, so disgraced and all that. But this is what happened in, in the, the conference in, in Vienna. Spain meant nothing. It, 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 they, I mean, the, the, the attitude was as if, if, if Spain had not sent anybody, any representative, they would have been happy as well, and they would have been doing all the things they did anyway. So with that in mind, how does Spain remember Waterloo, the Peninsula War and Wellington? At the time, there was controversy and resistance to the British troops, particularly in the wake of the sacking of San Sebastian. Yet Wellington was also highly decorated, so it's always struck me as quite a complex and slightly contradictory picture. Ah, well, this is a big mixture of topics that uh, I, I try to combine. Wellington was much more valued at the time than he is now. I can tell you that. In fact, very few people uh, are now aware of British collaboration in the Peninsula War. If you go, if you take uh, this, the history books that uh, students uh, use in, in secondary schools, high levels of secondary schools, there is a paragraph devoted to Wellington, five, eight lines, no more. I have denounced this. Uh, it's not unfaith and gratefulness. It's just that history didn't want to 
I mean, I don't know why, the, the, the historians in general, and there are many historians who are always trying to say that Wellington did more damage than, than, than good, and this is not fair, uh, naturally. And uh, Wellington never forgot Spain, but Spain forgot Wellington on purpose, in my opinion, because when you see those history books, this is not the real history. Right? Bailén is a great thing, which, of course, it was a, a good thing psychologically, but nothing else, because the war went on and we lost everything, every battle and every fight. So Bailén has uh, over, I mean, um, overshadowed uh, the rest and uh, the, the image of Wellington as an absolutist, a very reactionary person has grown and uh, there are still historians who are very successful in Spain and the, the, the last book I, my, one of my friends published um, is called the, the War of the, of the English, uh, although he was not English, but anyway, you know, we say that the Catalonia, Catalans, do not want to talk about the, the, um, the, the War of Independence, this is what we call it, okay, but because it is the war of Spanish independence, so in Catalonia, Spain cannot be mentioned. So they say the war of the French, the war of the French, right? La Guerra del Francés, in singular. This man published a book which is called, the title is The War of the English, calling Wellington English, right? And say he's, he's try, always trying to show that Wellington was uh, working for his country, not for ours, and was not objective, and was not so good, and all these things are still selling. And uh, if you, I, I once presented in Southampton a, a, a paper on songs and poems devoted to Wellington in Spain uh, during the Peninsula War, right? And this, this is, and they are um, uh, plays songs, poems, everything. He was praised and he was really liked. It was a pity because I even took a recording with me that on that for that presentation, but it didn't, the, the system didn't work, the technology. So, but, it's always there, uh, isn't it? There, yes, but there is music, there is, you know, the, the, it's so funny. He was really acknowledged and he, he, he was really valued. But then history made its, you know, its own work, you know, and just Maybe it was not on purpose, or it was just the need to to praise Spain and to get a, a very a better self self opinion and spread that on the population and all that. That uh, Wellington is not really really valued. And uh, when you speak about what you, when I ask my students in the university, do you know or does it ring the bell if they tell you something about Wellington? They don't know. They don't know. They know nothing. I don't think this is fair, okay? I don't think this is fair. Even after the commemorations of the bicentennial uh, thing, Wellington, yes, but in, in, in close, close meetings or uh, whatever, but there was no, uh, and, and I was, um, I, I, I was appointed member of this uh, Peninsula War 200 meet committee. I used to go to London and to other places representing Spain, but I was always a bit ashamed because I could not contribute things that um, could be satisfactory for, for, for those people who were working so hard and came to Spain on many occasions, maybe, you know. So, um, in, in Spain, um, 
the, 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 the British participation in the Peninsula War is, is almost um, neglected. No, no, not almost. It's neglected. It's not really, although there are many books and that, but this is just for scholars, for people, but not the mind. In the mind of people, they, it means nothing. And when I speak to, well, university students, not only ours, but in other disciplines, they don't know who Wellington was. That's not fair. And where does Waterloo fit into that? Is Waterloo forgotten because Spain didn't play an active part in it? Waterloo sounds. Waterloo rings the bell to people, okay? Waterloo is considered as a good battle that maybe even associated to Wellington more than the Peninsula War in many senses. Yes, wow. in, the, in the general mind. Yes, because Wellington and Waterloo are really connected in the in the in, in main mainstream, you know, but not Wellington and Spain. It's funny, <laughs> whereas Waterloo has nothing to do with Spain. But Waterloo is respected; it's valued like other important battles fought in the world, like like important uh, um, international uh, events, right? But. Um, um, the, the, the other the people aware of, of, of the crucial collaboration of Wellington and Britain is scarcely rings the bell. There's only a few. It's why this is so fakeness, maybe on purpose, I don't know. I don't think it can be on purpose, but I don't know. Uh, I can't really explain, explain the reason for this, right? The myth. Uh, well, no, I don't know. I really don't cannot explain. I always um, and I remember when the bicentennial we had lots of uh, conferences. I normally was very lucky because I was invited to all of them. And when I gave a speech or a paper or something, I could see in, immediately at the end of my speech, uh, I could see those people who would reject Wellington, who would say something against Wellington, because I, I just could notice their faces and the, the, the way they looked at me. And and uh, normally elderly people, they, the elderly are more, you know, aware of. And so they would raise their hand and say, oh, yes, but what about the Retiro thing? Or what about Badajoz? What about San Sebastian? And, and I would say, but can you, can't you even think of what the French did? in terms of, of, of devastating the country. is as these three, two or three, two or three uh, episodes, horrible episodes, nobody denies it. And Wellington had soldiers being hung for that. So how can you blame, I mean, uh, how can you just have this in the imaginary so strongly, so strongly fixed and, and not the good things? I, I don't think, I don't know why this is a, a, a phenomenon, you know, social, social phenomenon. That, and, and I always realized, I thought, I always said that one is going to to talk about Wellington against England, but and I, I never failed. But it's just numbers, a few, a few people, but those, the others, it's just spectators. They, they just do not participate. But if, well, I have never, never, I never had a, anybody telling me, well, I have learned something about Wellington that I didn't know before. Thank you. Nothing. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh, in charge of, of reco recovering Wellington's prestige. But anyway, I mm. cannot allow for lack of, you know, faithfulness to history. This is just that. And one final question from me. If there was one myth about Waterloo itself that you could explode, what would it be? 
um, uh, well, um, I know that Wellington is the one who shines for Waterloo, but I think the Prussians do not shine so much. And uh, everybody knows that, but for them, things might have been uh, different. Again, counterfactual history is not allowed, right? And I'm against it. But if you go to um, um, Apsley House, you can see all the presents Wellington got from Waterloo, from Blucher, from the Prussians, Prussians, I don't know how you pronounce it there, anyway. And uh, even, even, even they gave him um, a whole set of dishes and all this, I cannot remember the name, with the battles that he fought in Spain, the peninsula and all that. Uh, I wonder what did Wellington offer his friends, his, his collaborators, his Prussian collaborators? What did the, the country as well offer them? But particularly if he was personally rewarded, did he reward his collaborators and the Prussians who saved him? So that in that sense, the myth, in my opinion, is that he has all the visibility, all the the the, the prestige, and, uh, and maybe maybe he didn't want it, or I don't know. But it, history has done that, right? Uh, Wellington and Waterloo are one thing, whereas they are not, and the visibility of of the the, the, the prizes and the rewards and the presents and all that shows. And I wonder, I do wonder whether in, in the other country, which doesn't almost exist anymore, <laughs> Prussia, Prussia, you know, are, are there any counterparts, any equivalent, equivalent objects or visual re things that might remind us of the, what they did? This is the only thing I can tell. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. And it's actually something that people might want to discuss on social media and in the forum at the napoleonicwars.net. Alithia, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining me for Waterloo Remembered. That was Professor Alithia Laspera from the University of Oviedo joining me to discuss the Spanish perspective on the War of the Seventh Coalition. You can find full details of Alithia's publications and research projects by searching for her on researchgate.net. If you have any questions or comments, remember that you can get involved on Twitter using the hashtag WaterlooRemembered or in the forum at thenapoleonicwars.net where you'll find a dedicated room for Waterloo Remembered. I'll be back tomorrow when I'll be talking to Vanya Bellinger about the role of the Prussians in the final instalment of the Forgotten Foreign Forces Triple Bill. But until then, I'm Zach White. This has been Waterloo Remembered from The Napoleonicist. Take care, my friends. Stay safe. And as always, thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.